Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Other times you need a deeper understanding of what's going on. The Rundown Podcast has all of that, and it's Chicago-based, so you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and each morning for the next three days, we're bringing you conversations about the first 12 weeks for new mothers. You're listening to The Reset Podcast. Those first 12 weeks after a baby's born is a time of immense joy and sometimes overwhelming challenges for new moms. It's also a time that hasn't gotten talked about very much until now. A new WBEZ series called The First 12 Weeks brings the stories of three new Chicago area moms to the forefront. It takes you inside their homes and lives to better understand the support that some families need. The series uncovers the realities for new parents and also talks solutions being worked on at the city, state, and federal level. WBEZ contributor Ellie Fishman is the reporter behind the project. So tell us why you started the project. I mean, did you get inspiration from your own life? Because I hear you've got an 18-month-old at I this do. point. yes. Wow. So this project was interesting for me because a lot of the time with my work, I start at a policy level, kind of look at what's happening in the world and find a human lens to understand changes in policy and politics and our culture. But this story really started at the personal level. Like you said, I have an 18-month-old, and this idea first came to me when I was in my first 12 weeks of parenthood, which was a time that I found really amazing and overwhelming and surprisingly challenging. Why do you say surprisingly? I just felt really ill-prepared. And the more I shared that with friends and colleagues, I heard that over and over again. And then I started seeing it all over social media and Twitter. New moms just saying, how come nobody told me it was going to be like this? (laughs) I mean, you you read the the what to expect when you're expecting books and and all those, and and then nothing tells you about afterwards when the baby's here. Yeah, you spend nine months or in that ballpark, you know, going to the doctor, having your blood pressure checked, having conversations, preparing your nursery. And then a lot of times you leave the hospital with nothing more than a phone number. Yeah. And then you're on your own. So what message do you think that the series is sending? What's the goal here? I hope it creates more understanding and empathy for the experience. I hope for new moms and new parents, they feel seen and heard and like they're less alone by reading these stories. Yeah. And I just hope it creates some visibility for what this experience is like. The first 12 weeks project, it follows three new mothers throughout their uh, postpartum journeys. Now, you start with Crystal in West Inglewood. Tell us about her. What's she like? Crystal is so delightful. That is the the perfect word for her. She is ebullient. She's chatty. She's a really lovely person. She uh, is married to a Mexican-American man, Ismael, and she herself is from Belize. So she's in a cross-cultural household. Mm, okay. She also lives below her in-laws. And for Crystal, who herself is an OB nurse, New Parenthood created a whole series of challenges that even she herself wasn't expecting. Why do you want Crystal to be the the first, her story? Does it set the tone maybe for the rest of the series? I felt like Crystal's experience both as a nurse, as a black woman living in Chicago and in America, as 
a woman living in a multi-generational, multicultural household, there were so many topics that intersected her story that it felt like a good place to start. Yeah. Well, the, the mothers also kept audio diaries for this series. So in one of the entries, Crystal talks about how sometimes she feels like people think uh, she should know about all of these things when it comes to raising a baby because of her profession. Let's listen. Just because I work as a nurse or just because I work in OB or just because I take care of very newborn babies just for the first three days of their lives doesn't mean that I know everything even. Yeah, so I sounds, still learn things every single day. Yeah, sounds like a classic case of, you know, other people's expectations and, and of what she should know. Yeah, I think she got a lot of that from all angles. And that was Crystal is a self-identified people pleaser. <laughs> and that was really hard because you get a lot of unsolicited advice in those early days. I want to bring another voice into the conversation. Joining us here in studio is Carrie Stewart. She's a certified nurse midwife in the Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology at UI Health. And she's also Crystal's midwife, uh, the new mom that we were just talking about who's living in West Englewood and featured in this series. Thanks for joining us, Carrie. Thank you for having me. So once Crystal found out that she was pregnant, she knew that she wanted a midwife who had experience working with with folks in, in the black community. We know, Carrie, black Americans are the most impacted group when it comes to risks and just outcomes, poor outcomes when it comes to prenatal and, and maternal care. But we're going to dig deeper into that. Before that, though, I want you to just share a bit about your practice, the work that you do with expectant moms and, and families. Yeah, so I'm currently um, one of the midwives that provides care to patients in the Southside area. Our clinic is the uh, Mile Square Clinic in the Auburn Grisham. We just opened those facility doors in October of last year. Okay. So the community is excited that we are there to provide them not only, you know, immediate care, pediatric care, but we're there to service the moms for their prenatal and reproductive care as well. Yeah. Well, uh, talk about the barriers that exist for, for black mothers and families when it comes to accessing care, because the issues don't just go away because they have access. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. And access is just a small point. Right. You know, um, there there was not very many um, clinics in that area. We've lost a couple of OB um, gynae clinics. We've lost several labor and delivery units. And so uh, patients can't just pick up and move and go and live where those facilities are. So um, access has been an issue. Food insecurity has been an issue and safety has been an issue. And Mm. so, you know, you have parents concerned about growing in their family. And we just kind of walk them through on how they can navigate not only the healthcare system, but their, you know, care. Mm, okay. So uh, does the way you go about care change when you're a midwife for non-Black mothers? No, not in my eyes. I do the same thing. Um, you know, we Black women don't have the, the same resources and we try to connect them. Um, individuals who don't necessarily identify as Black may have a little bit more access. But being motherhood is difficult and trying to navigate. And I'm sure as Crystal thought, um, you know, everybody has those expectations of what she should know. And yeah. she had a different perspective because she's a nurse. So she knows what happens when they come in the door. Mm-hmm. And so that makes it a little bit um, more stressful in her eyes. Um, but letting her know that, you know, we can support her. These are the resources. This is what you need. Um, and I tend to approach all individuals in the same way. You know, when we talk about natal care, we we sometimes hear the terms midwife and doula used together. Help us out. Explain what the difference is. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the midwife catches the baby. The doula supports the mom and baby. 
Um, they can also support the mom prior to baby getting there. And that's so important because what we have learned through research this, uh, and just parents' experience, specifically black moms, um, they don't have a lot of support after baby comes. And so it's it's nice to have a relationship with their doula and their support person prior to baby, but even after, you know, just navigating those first 12 weeks, it's hard. And to have someone to lean on and to ask questions or is this normal, is this not normal, or should I head to the hospital, should I not head to the hospital, yeah. That's it's it's nice to have someone to bounce those questions off of. For sure. You mentioned earlier, Ellie, that on top of navigating this brand new chapter in her life, Crystal's also experiencing these cross-cultural challenges, right? Being from Belize, her husband's family is Mexican. They live, what, upstairs? Yeah, (laughs) very close. What was the most difficult, you think, for her to overcome? So in Mexican culture, there's a time called La Cuarentena. Pardon my accent. (laughs) Um, Sounds like quarantine. Yes, so that translates to quarantine. And essentially what that is is in the first 40 days postpartum, the new mom is supposed to stay home, heal, literally stay in bed. I mean, Crystal told me stories about how she would get side eyes from her in-laws when she lifted a pitcher of water even. And Crystal's a very active, independent person. And that was very, very difficult for her, I think, in a way that she didn't anticipate. Mm. Did Crystal express some of those struggles to you? (laughs) She did. You know, I I, I try to uh, remain a a very in close contact with my moms as much as I possibly can. And I know many midwives don't do that, but I do that on purpose. Um, And there's there's a lot that can happen in those first, you know, two to three weeks. And so she texted me and was like, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) What do I do? What do I do? Is this normal? You know, how do I navigate? And I, I even saw her a couple of weeks after and, and you know what I asked her I said how are you truly doing um, you know and we just again assume that because she's a nurse she's got it and we can't do that um, and as she said she's a people pleaser she's like yeah I got this I'm like maybe you don't and it's okay you don't you know let's talk through it um, so yeah we talked through some of those things and, and she was surprised on what she thought she may have known but you know we worked through that and figured out this is what you can do to that end, the the biggest lesson here for Crystal, it seems, was finding herself yes. after having her daughter, right? So how can mothers learn to, to trust themselves? You know, you really have to, you know, uh, step out of yourself mm-hmm. and, you know, not only accept the help, but also know that it's not a quick thing. And you're getting help from all over the place, right? Yes. You're getting input from family. You're getting right. input from doctors. You're Googling. Yes. And so you you almost are like, what's right? What's not right? You know, and so kind of navigating that system, which is why I tried to stay as close as possible with them to let them know, like, it's normal to kind of have all these questions and un- unanswered issues or concerns. But this is how we navigate it. Everybody's journey is different. Yeah. I mentioned Google and I looked right at you, Ellie, because I, I know you had some of those Internet struggles, too, over the past year, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. My Google is a dark, dark place. <laughs> <laughs> Up late at night as a, as a new mom trying to figure out what's wrong. Yes, I banned 4 a.m. Googling because I would wake <laughs> up. First of all, I would or- have ordered things that I didn't remember ordering, you know, something for safe, safe sleeping or and it it. I don't think it did anybody any good. Myself, my daughter, my husband. So yeah, I, I daytime hours, sunlight hours are when I Google now. Yeah. I mean, the internet, it, it takes a toll on new moms. And Crystal, she says social media played a, a big role for her. 
right? Yeah. Well, one of the things I thought that was really interesting about Crystal is, you know, a lot of the times you hear how social media can have a negative effect. And I certainly experienced that, you know, this idea of the bounce back and this, you know, the snapback. The snapback. Yeah. And these perfect images of serene babies and moms with their luscious hair. And that can be so toxic. And you hold yourself to that standard without even realizing it. But the other side of the internet is that it can also be a place of community. And for Crystal, it was actually a place where she found relief, where she found other people going through similar experiences and where she could sort of learn to trust herself in a way that felt harder in the kind of chorus of voices in her house and in her in her life. I love that. You know, and as we talked about, Ellie, that the project really, it's putting the experiences of these new moms out there for everyone to see, right? And for conversations to begin and for people to learn from. Why do you think that that's important? Well, I think so many people on this planet have gone through this experience, and yet it remains this mysterious black box in healthcare, in your kind of emotional journey, in parenthood, and just in every kind of walk of life. And I think giving people a platform to share their stories, to hear other people's stories, have a conversation is really powerful. Yeah. You know, uh, Carrie, we often see parents fade into the background. Once the baby's here, nobody cares about you anymore. Exactly. (laughs) I experienced this twice. I know, right? It's all about you and, you know, the baby shower and you've got the belly. Why does this happen? And, and, and talk about how it impacts that new parent. You know, every, everything's so exciting about a new life. And so we have, you know, realized that um, a lot of attention has been put on this new life, on the baby. You want to see the baby. What's the baby's name? What's the baby's sex? How, you know, right. all those things, right? But w- what we aren't understanding is that mom went through a lot carrying that baby almost 10 months. And so we have to really centralize that mom and love on that mom and allow that mom to go through the journey of those first 12 weeks and, and be supportive mm-hmm. um, because it's, it's as if they don't exist. And and that's not true. They're important because of when all the hoopla is over and everybody's done Google and Gaga and over the baby, mom is still there with the baby. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am so glad that Crystal was able to, to find a black midwife as uh, requested during her pregnancy. Where else can expectant mothers go if they want to connect with a black midwife or a black doula in this area? You know, it, and that's when that Google search is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have we have definitely here in Chicago made ourselves visible and I continue to do this. I'm, you know, grateful for the networking opportunities that I've, I've had mm-hmm. with not only myself, but my colleagues. And so, you know, because that we know that this is a high demand, we have definitely been visible. So the University of Illinois Health Center, we have six black midwives. Okay. Um, and that's the largest right now in the Midwest that work together that's that impressive. I'm aware of. Yes. I've never seen anything like it. Um, yes, yes. And so, you know, we're working hard to make sure that individuals have options. But there are also other black midwives that work in uh, other areas within the community, northwest Indiana, as well as um, southern Illinois and um, in other surrounding states, Ohio and Missouri. So, you know, we have a connection here um, that we can definitely refer individuals to what their needs are. Carrie Stewart's a certified nurse midwife in the Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology at UI Health. Thank you so much for your time, Carrie. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. 
This episode of The Reset Podcast was produced by Micah Yason and edited by Dan Tucker and Ethan Schwab. Join us again tomorrow morning for part two of our conversations about those crucial first 12 weeks after a baby's born and what life's like for moms during that time. To learn more about the project, head to wbez.org slash first 12 weeks. That 12, by the way, is the numbers one, two. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. If you need a break from the news, WBEZ's Nerd App Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club. Listen to Nerd App wherever you get your podcasts.